Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Kaiju Conversations. I'm your host, Elijah, and joining me as always, the always lovely Rex. <laughs> so, Rex, we're we're going to kind of be doing a short one this week, but uh, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good, thanks. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, Rex, what have you been doing for the last two hours? Uh, watching Godzilla 2014 and trying not to fall asleep. Hey! I relate to that on a personal level. Pretty sure that I, I dozed off, like, twice. But... Yeah, that train sequence, man. I still saw the kiss of death. Um, and, yeah, I saw all the good stuff about the movie. But, yeah, so... You know... We we just watched Godzilla 2014. Yep. Um, I, I streamed it for us. We sat here... Mm. It was brightened, by the way, so we're not going to complain about the dark news <laughs> to the extent of most mm. people. I'm still going to find a way to complain I about it, but <laughs> you know, it, it it'll it'll just be that way. But this week on May 16th, we are going to be doing a retrospective, looking back at the film now at seven years old. God, how has it been that long? It's been a while. Too long, actually. Mm. You know, I remember when that first came yeah. out. I, the uh, theater I went to, um, they had, an, it, it was an older building. And it was a lot smaller with smaller screens. And I remember it being my first time I went to that theater. And uh, I get, by the way, we're just, hop, we're getting right into this hot and heavy. All right. Um, and, uh, I, it was a surprise, and, uh, now, seven years later, that theater is now the headquarters for the, uh, company. Really? Uh, <laughs> it's got one of the largest screens in the United States. It's, uh, uh, I've seen, like, a hundred films there, and so, it's just so weird what, what's happened since, since oh, then. My- I'm kind of the opposite where, like, uh, the theater I saw 2014 at is a theater that I just normally go to because the food is cheaper there. <laughs> like, I saw Godzilla vs. Kong at a different theater to what I usually go to for my first viewing, and the food was, like, more than double the cost. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the theater that I usually go to and saw 2014 at, that one is... Uh, it's not very popular because it's a ve- it's an old theater. Like the screens are all dirty now. There's only like one. Uh, leg- there's only like one really big screen, and mm-hmm. they don't have any like. They only have standard format for the movie. They don't uh, standard format in 3D. They don't have 40x gold class, anything like that. IMAX or VMAX. Yeah. All right. So, Rex, let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. When the trailers first came out, did you, and the movie eventually came out, was it the film you were expecting, uh, if you can remember? Um, I would say, yeah. I, I know that a lot of people had issue with, I, I know a lot of people expected the movie to be like a, a solo sort of, 
dark movie where Godzilla was the bad guy and all that, but I I went in as a as a kid who who liked Godzilla, loved movies like Final Wars, and was just looking for Godzilla to fight fight whatever the that those bug monsters were. <laughs> yeah, you know, I uh, a few a few I think it was about a month ago. Mm-hmm. I went back on the old Godzilla YouTube channel and I watched all the ads and all the promos and it was so weird. Like it it was the film felt like it was a it was proud to be what it was. Like it was very serious and yeah. very uh it it had a memorable marketing hmm. campaign. And I think part of that is to thank uh, Brian Cranston for his amazing yeah. acting and deliveries in that film. But uh, it, it it gave us something that King of the Monsters and GVK both failed at hmm. with their... Uh, now, I will say Kong Skull Island did, it, uh, did their advertising as well because the initial trailer... Um, had some really serious music too that I thought worked mm. uh, for that film. I, I honestly don't remember much of the Kong Skull Island advertising campaign. I, I didn't really get on the hype of that movie. I didn't even really know it was coming out. No, I did know it was coming out, but I wasn't really on the hype of that movie until near the end of the marketing campaign when I sort of realized that it was... Um, actually being marketed i did not know there was a trailer for like a good like two months <laughs> oh yeah i i remember the comic-con trailer hmm. and i love that comic-con trailer uh i'll i'll send you a link to it after after we're done here oh um, is that the one with like the but, lightning and all that no, no 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 this was like it wasn't the concept um trailer it was the actual trailer that dropped at comic-con in 2016 oh, um I and i loved the music uh i remember listening to it and uh, they they clipped uh, samuel jackson's uh and man will reign supreme or whatever he hmm. says um they clipped that in like out of the movie into uh, just audio clips yeah um, and it, it really gave you kind of a sense of, oh, this is a war between uh, the military and Kong. Hmm. And I thought it was really cool. I really enjoyed that part of it. Hmm. So going back to 2014 here, since that is the true star of this uh, episode, even though we could pull a 2014 and only tease it to the very end. Um, but that wouldn't be a good retrospective, yeah. no, would it? So, Rex, initially when this film came out, uh, what what was your thoughts? Um, when I saw Godzilla 2014 in theaters, I, I loved it, really. <laughs> I was really blown away by by just the monsters. I it was I I didn't re- I was too young to sort of like 
really complain about human characters and bad writing, bad acting, and things like that. Um, I just came for Big Monster and was very satisfied with Big Monster. I see. I think I shared a similar sentiment. Um, though I I know initially I, I also was like, eh, it's good and all, but Godzilla wasn't in the movie. <laughs> that was my biggest gripe. Um, I've never actually then. had that issue with the movie, personally. Well, I I'm gonna get deeper into it whenever we review it. Yeah. Um, but I'll just say that I don't think it knows how to do the lack of Godzilla right. Um, Terror of Mecha Godzilla is the movie I would use as an example. But that's all I'm going to say uh, for now, as I will love to dive into that and explain why uh, 2014 fails the Godzilla movie in the future. Hmm. Uh, but I, I, I liked it, and I just had that problem with it, and I wish Brian Cranston didn't die. Those, yeah. those have been my longing critiques, which watching it again, uh, just tonight, I I kind of noticed that too. That Cranston has the best parts. Like, yeah, the camera work is at its best with his, uh, with him. Uh, the dialogue is at its best. The acting, the delivery, like. When he's there, the film is high quality. Hmm. Yeah, but and, and not only that, the film's actual emotional core feel it. It's there with Cranston. They mm -hmm. they try to have it with Ford, but but for me, I never found. I I, I was never really able to connect with that character. Yeah, and I, I, there's something about Ford that just doesn't click. Yeah, I, I think it's Aaron Tyler Johnson's um, inability to properly act. Yeah, he he has uh, a very limited range uh, in this movie, at least. Mm -hmm. It he mm -hmm. somewhat pulls off being like happy. At a couple points, but otherwise, for most of the rest of the film, he's just got a sort of muted look to him. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's really just his facial expressions. That that might be it. If you compare him to Brian Cranston, Brian Cranston can can go from being calm and collected to looking very sad and. Um, and on the verge of breaking down, mm -hmm. whereas in, in a scene where he's talking to Brian Cranston, um, he's meant to look sad, like he's got tear, teary eyes, but all I could think during that was they've just put eye drops on him. Uh, they, oh, sorry, they've just given him eye drops, and he's trying to move his head to seem like he's sad. Yeah, he when he when he's emotional, he doesn't feel emotional. Yeah. He he's like me when I'm trying to cry in front of people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I wish. He, well, when I was while we were watching it tonight, all I could think about is, I would have loved to have watched a, a 
Hollywood Godzilla movie mm. that took place in 1999. It'd be a nice callback to 98, I think. Mm. Um, set in Japan following uh, Joe Brody trying to keep his son safe and discover the truth of what happened yeah. at the uh, nuclear power plant. Yeah. I, that sounds so cool to me. And I think with that, I kind of ruined 2014 for me. Because now yeah. I have that idea in my head. Honestly, when you <laughs> mentioned that, that actually changed my view of the Like when you changed, uh, mentioned that during when we were watching, that changed my view on a lot mm -hmm. of what came out, uh, comes after his death. And I'm like, it's like, bruh, th this, this is a gold mine. Why did you not, why did you not use Brian Cranston more? You've already paid him a lot to be here. <laughs> but, uh, you know... Missed opportunities. I, I think it, it was. And I think with time, I've noticed those missed opportunities more and more. Um, especially as I've become a cold-hearted individual and just have slowly started to hate the MonsterVerse. Minus Kong Skull Island, of course. And the King of the Monsters soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> and I wish I wish it could have aged like a fine wine I really do I, I think there are um, some things about some... this movie that do age well uh, things like most yes. of the effects and the sound design there's flaws here and mm -hmm. there but especially the sound design amazing I agree and I actually think that it'll. I actually think that the VFX and sound design will age better than King of the Monsters and GVK. Well, right, because it's not trying to fit in random kaiju roars every blue moon. Yeah, uh, and it's not trying to be this stupid romp of a movie where these monsters are fighting. It's actually trying to make you interested in the sound. Yeah. I think if Akube, um, his spirit lived on the most in 2014, mm. but his presence was in King of the Monsters, which is uh, his uh, music. I, I think that's the way I would put it, is, is that. Mm. And, you know, I, I think the CGI looks pretty good, mm. but I think think the final fight has slowly started to deteriorate just slightly yeah uh, i'd agree there's not a whole lot though yeah there are flaws that i'd say the most flaws are probably in that fight but mm -hmm. even then i don't think it but i don't think it looks bad by any means i still think it looks really oh, good yeah. for the most part mm -hmm. i find it interesting uh, this is one thing that I don't know if I love, like, or hate. Mm -hmm. And it's the the cinematography of 2014. You know, Gareth tried to make it where you could have recorded that on your phone. Yeah. And that would be, that would be how he got the shot. I love that idea. Mm. I think that's a really cool, immersive idea. Mm. But it's not been done again. It wasn't done in GVK. Uh, and King of the Monsters is taken to the level of, oh, you're actually, you know, 
you're almost it's almost a POV shot. You're down as these giant monsters are fighting in the stadium. Mm. I after that sentence I just realized how stupid that final fight was. Oh my god. <laughs> they literally had them fight in a stadium. Mm. Oh god. <laughs> <sighs> If my camera was on, I just face palmed really hard because I just realized. <laughs> oh boy, but it's it, going back to it's a cool concept. I really like it, mm. but they've never replicated it, and with that style of you know cinematography. You can't necessarily do the awesome truck shots or the dolly shots or the the you know wide lens mm. uh, in the air kind of pan shots. You can't really do that. Mm. So I don't know if I like it or hate it or love it. Hmm. There isn't. There aren't really many like, if any, real wallpaper-esque type of shots in the film. Mm -hmm. When it comes to the kaiju, at least, the, yeah. the Halo jump's got a nice little wallpaper uh, scene, I think. Yeah. But outside of that, I, I, I do agree. There's not really anything else too wallpaper-worthy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, looking at it at this point, 2014 feels very contained, self-contained. Yeah. Like, they didn't do much, but they also set up a bit. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I like where it went. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I certainly didn't like uh, uh, King of the Monsters with GPK, mm -hmm. but I digress. <laughs> Mm. Which, yeah, that's it's. You can tell that there, that there were, that they didn't quite play in a monster verse. They, put, I mm -hmm. imagine they had already intended on, like doing on. Hey, if this is successful, let's do another one or another two. I I'm pretty sure. Because I know Godzilla 2 and 3 were announced like a week later or yeah. something or at Comic-Con. Uh, and Gareth was had already said he wanted to do more. Yeah. And the reason they had it end that way is because they wanted to leave it open where, hey, we can do more. Yeah. But if it failed miserably, if it failed to bring the Godzilla audience, if it failed to bring general audiences... They would have just said, "Okay, well, it works as a standalone movie, and uh, Toho can do what they want again." Yeah, which I I respect that yeah. it, it it was aware of what it was going to possibly be, and I think that's admirable. Hmm. It it is kind of funny looking in retrospect that the whole idea of Godzilla 2014 was, as Gareth Edwards put it, it it wasn't supposed. The only science fiction thing really about the movie 
is the giant monsters. Mm -hmm. And that is really ironic in retrospect of <laughs> a certain Godzilla vs. Kong. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. Which, it, it reminds me of a lot of the Showa films. Mm. Not the ones where they go to space. Mm. Or the ones with aliens. But like, you're, it's your everyday people. Yeah. Um, which I, I do like that part. But Godzilla is also inherently science fiction. And I feel like trying to avoid that is going to lead you down a path that's going to not work a whole lot. I don't think it's really that... a path that doesn't work. I just think it's a, it's a path that does... It, it limits your options for where you can go, and though I don't 100% agree with where King of the Monsters or GVK go with the universe. I, I do at least appreciate some of their creativity. Yeah. And I do kind of understand why they disregarded a lot of the tone of 2014. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it's nice, though, because it, it leaves 2014 to be the 2014 one to be. Yeah. It, it wants to be a serious film that's very grounded in reality that has its lore, it tells you its lore, and that's that. Yeah. Which I do, I, I do like that part. I like it. Hmm. I just don't love it. Yeah. Which, which is my sentiment with a lot of this film. I think initially I thought it was good, but over time, I've just been like, mm, it's okay. Mm. I This lot has some decent scores. I like the Japanese flute they used and the Japanese-inspired, like the traditional Japanese-inspired stuff. Yeah. Um, and then outside of uh, Godzilla, the uh, main theme at the opening, kind of lackluster. And it's just like, Fill in the uh, empty spaces, kind of stuff. I think Desplat's score is fine. Um, I, I find it more memorable than Junkie XL's. I feel like there is actual passion being brought into it, but it, it's definitely oh, not yeah. like. It's definitely not like. Um, Top-tier Godzilla soundtracks by any means. Absolutely. It, it's your... For me, it falls into the same group of as most of Sato's scores. Mm -hmm. Like, uh... Um, I, I'd say it's on par with, like, Sea Monster or Son of Godzilla. Mm -hmm. It's got that one memorable track, and that's about it. Yeah. Uh, the rest isn't bad per se. It's just when when you talk about the film's music, you never address anything but that main score. Mm. Well, except for in which maybe like Godzilla vs. Mech Godzilla. 
Right, right. Mechagodzilla, even though I was listening to it, the the main the sound that people, you know, the pull, the bra-ba-ba-ba, the pull, that piece is actually not the main theme. Yeah. That's uh, the uh, Angiris versus Angiris. Yeah. Um, which sidetrack when listening to the soundtrack, I kind of noticed uh, Sato used the beginning of Ifakube's soundtrack hmm. um, for a few of the scores for Godzilla, and it's really interesting to see where he went with Ifakube's theme. Hmm. Just a little thing I thought I'd throw out there that I thought when I listened to it on Spotify the other week. <laughs> yeah, I- I'm very glad the toys uh, made them uh, public uh, worldwide, finally. Yeah. Very nice to get yeah, to hear I agree. them. Yeah. Um, going back here to 2014, I think this is kind of where we're going to end, because this is like a mini-episode review retrospective thing, just kind of to yeah. honor uh, 2014. And I think this is where we're going to honor it the most, and that's its impact. Oh, what yeah. did 2014 do for Kaiju, for Tokusatsu, for Godzilla, for the fandom? And I'm going to let Rex uh, go ahead and start with what he's got. Well, that's not enough. Simply put, uh, Godzilla 2014 revitalized the brand's interest in the public, uh, the, the brand's public interest. Godzilla went mainstream again. Even though Shin Godzilla was in production beforehand, it, it I'd, I'd say it undeniably got more attention thanks to 2014. And we obviously had many, many American kaiju movies come out uh, after 2014 and Pacific Rim's release. And it, it, in the fandom, it just brought tons of new people to it and revitalize the interest of a lot of people i imagine you and myself are pretty are examples of people who love godzilla and 2014 was like would have been like a dream come true to us seeing a godzilla movie in theaters for the first time yeah by all accounts godzilla 2014 I, I would say started a new generation of Godzilla fans. I will agree to that. Uh, l- looking at its its legacy, 2014 did bird because you know beforehand you you had the the ten year gap generation. Yeah, which got into Godzilla during his hiatus. Um, he grew up and you know. Uh, grew up with uh, Cinemassacre's Godzilla Thon, hmm. uh, beginning of Monster Island Buddies. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the Toho, the classic media collection, Sony stuff. Hmm. Uh, 98, of course. Goji Fan. Um, yeah. Um, and then it seems like once 2014 hit, you know, that, that, that's that sleeper generation essentially um, really took the, to that build. Hmm. And then, of course, old fans went to it 
Um, most of them, you know, or some of them didn't like it. Some of them did. But with 2014, we saw a birth of newer Godzilla fans, which is great. Yeah. It's very good for the brand and the, the community as a whole, really. Yeah. Um, New blood. And we haven't, we, we're still seeing that generation. Now, I think now that the MonsterVerse is probably over, I think that generation's about to end. Hmm. But yeah. I, it's a very interesting ride. Yeah. I mean, there'll be people who, since the MonsterVerse was more or less ending, they're going to jump ship, probably won't really, probably won't visit many other, if any, Godzilla movies, but then you also have for people that are introduced to the character of Godzilla and have fallen in love with it, and God knows who, maybe they'll become the next kaiju experts. Just have to wait and see. Very true, very true. Right, and, you know, I that is something really cool. As, as the old guard is pushed out and, you know, you're... Uh, 80s kids and your 90s uh, and your sleeper generation uh, are kind of put up into that older guard. Who knows what the monster first generation could become? Mm. Um, I, I, I think I could say less pretentious and not get in trouble. You know, uh, it's we we I think we all can admit that the MonsterVerse isn't highbrow artwork like yeah. some of the older Godzilla films are uh, held to, hmm. but they're not. You know they're not perfect either. Hmm. Uh, but the MonsterVerse is not that that highbrow art whatsoever. Um, hmm. They're just fun films. Yeah, and now this that being said. Even... Right, that's very true. It's it's still entertainment. Yeah, the value of watching a film is simply just to be entertained, no matter what film it is. It it it's undeniably escapist uh, inherently, and you know what? That's not necessarily a bad thing for a movie to be. Right. Right. And I, I've always believed that movies are supposed to be something that can take you to that other place. Yeah. Uh, the magic of the movies, uh, putting you into a world full of imagination, uh, whatever the camera eye can take, you can see mm. and live. Um, I don't think you watch a movie per se as much as you experience it. Yeah. Um, you, you, no matter how good or bad the film is, you experience Godzilla 2014 as much as you experience Pacific Rim or Godzilla vs. Kong. Hmm. Will put a legacy into place. Just like 98 did, it created a huge part of this fandom. Yeah. And it's going to linger and it's going to stay in the public eye for 20 years hmm. and i think out of the three films it might do that the most because of what it did now 
because initially it was met with mediocre reactions and really positive and then really negative and then it was like okay and now it's a little more positive situated you know and I think it'll end being pretty well received and people will be talking about it for a long time because it was Hollywood's second attempt at Godzilla that was very successful yeah. and somewhat true to the original character. It wasn't pro-nuclear. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Listen, anytime we talk about Monsterverse, I have to... You have, have to, to drill that, that in. in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now... One one thing that I think will hurt the legacy of the film is Warner's uh, ignorance for giving us a dark, dark, dark transfer. That's garbage. Yeah. Ah, see, here we go. <laughs> we had there to we go. That. I brought it in. <laughs> Which I I think it sucks because that's really limiting it. It really yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, but. Because I've seen this film many times, and the and look, this film has been put on Netflix in multiple regions. And if you watch it on Netflix, the compression, the compression of watching a movie on Netflix is going to make the already dark transfer look even worse. And if you're someone mm-hmm. watching it in the afternoon, uh in a house where the windows are open and the sun is putting glare on the screen, I can tell you from personal experience, you cannot watch the final act of the movie. Mm-hmm. I I remember watching it with family and just barely being able to maybe see the outline of Godzilla's foot in a couple shots. And then the atomic breath scenes. Yeah, I... I remember, uh, well, I, I showed it to my family, and they had a big, they have a big TV, mm. and we turned out all the lights, it was nighttime, and we were watching it, and when it got to that final fight, my family was like, uh, is, is there something wrong? It's just a black screen. And it's like, oh, nope, that, that's the movie. Dark and, uh, dark. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they really watched it at that point. They all just kind of got up and left. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, which sucks. At that point, I can't really blame them. Exactly. And even with the uh, recent 4K remaster... Hmm. Uh, that disappointment. <laughs> the, the, the brights, you know, are somewhat brighter and but the darks are really dark yeah like it just that's, enhances that's what, what happens when you only change the contrast <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's going to hurt the film more and more yeah i i really hope in the future warner looks at this and they're like we need a new transfer yeah and they actually take the theatrical transfer and they put that on this because that looks pretty good. Hmm. Um, now, granted, 
I we did watch a frightened version, but even then, this was the fan edit hmm. that was um, the best. It, it it's got some problems, mainly just being uh, blown if, out in the day scenes. Right, but if that's how we have to watch it, or we have to use an HDR cord on an HD TV on a or a on a 4k tv on a 4k player hmm. that's still a problem yeah you should never restrict it to you have to watch it on a specific format to be able to enjoy it yeah that's just limiting it especially since i i don't have the I don't have the 4K version of the movie. I don't even own the movie on Blu-ray at the moment. All I own is a scratch DVD. So I'm kind of screwed usually when I try to watch it. <laughs> because the yeah. brightness on that DVD, not nice. I don't even think DVD... Does mm. DVD even... I don't think DVD can even use HDR. So, no, no, <laughs> because it's standard definition. Yeah, exactly. And I, I hate that that's gonna be a part of its legacy. Yeah, you know, oh, it's the it's the dark Godzilla movie, but in the literal sense. Yeah, and it's looking at stills from what the brightness should have been. You know, I think it's going to really hurt its legacy in, as it continues. I mean, you can just watch the trailers and see how, that the trailers are considerably brighter. Mm -hmm. But there's only so much footage that we have from the trailers that you could just plop on top of the film. Right. So you can't and, just uh, fix it on with the film. Target, on the Target exclusive, there's a photo uh, bonus feature called Godzilla a Force of Nature hmm. or Reimagining an Icon. I think it's that one. I think it's Reimagining an Icon. Yeah. Um, and there's footage of the movie in that too. Yeah. And it's the dark scenes. And when, when you watch that, you're like, oh my, what? It's that bright? Hmm. It's so weird. I, mean, I honestly think it's also really, no I think it's noticeable with the day shots too. Because the day shots just look really mm -hmm. muted in the mm -hmm. in the film itself, whereas if you watch like the trailers, they they're brighter, they they're much brighter. There's some actual yeah. color in them, whereas in the current transfer, mm -hmm. they they're just mostly grayish. Right, it's a very uh, monotone, yeah, uh, color scheme. Yeah. But overall, I think the film will continue down a path where I think people will appreciate it. Yeah. They're still going to criticize the transfer. Yeah. Um, for how dark it is. <laughs> but I think, I, I think 2014 um, really opened a new a new look into the franchise mm. uh, so much so that you know Toho 
took notes from for it yeah. from it uh, for their anime trilogy, the design uh, which got the design, um, the Godzilla ride um, that they just announced and uh, opened up. Yeah, and you know, it, I think 2014 will be a huge part going forward. Yeah, this is really the film that started Godzilla resurgence in a way. Yeah. Um, even though, like we've established, and was in production well before, uh, it 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 still was it it jump started the franchise again, and now we have a new Godzilla series that is just bursting with creativity that could go anywhere. And that's MonsterVerse, that's anime, that's yeah. live action. That's all of it. Yeah, we've, we're seeing a lot of variety in just how the Godzilla, how Godzilla is used, not only as a character, but just how versatile this franchise really is. It's, they're really exploiting that, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And I think as we continue, uh, fine, we'll show that, and I think it can all be traced back to Godzilla 2014. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, that's really all I have to say. Hmm. Uh, I again, this isn't really a review, I think it's kind of a retrospective, it's a taste of our review. Yeah, um, down the road, we will cover it again. Um, with facts and, you know, us talking for two hours on why it's still a garbage movie. <laughs> but now is really the time to appreciate it. Mm. Seven years later, you know, just acknowledge that without it, we probably wouldn't be here when it comes to our kaiju stuff. So, mm. that's just something to celebrate and be appreciative about. Yeah. <laughs> um so I guess we'll go ahead and wrap things up here. We're about forty minutes and uh fifty minutes into it. Sure. So Rex, where can people find you at? Uh you can you all can find me on YouTube at Rex Zena, on Twitter at Rex underscore Xenomorph, Instagram at Rex underscore Xena. I have a blog page called fatkajublog.wordpress.com. Check it out. I've got I've got articles on the making of Godzilla vs. Charles Barkley, an interview with Alan Maxson, aka Ghidorah and King of the Monsters, right head. Uh, and yeah, got I've got some other stuff and I'm working on things at the moment. <laughs> is is Alan aware of your hatred for his movie? Well, remember, I actually like King of the Monsters. Oh. I haven't projected that onto you yet. <laughs> yeah. You've projected some things on Burn it, it. But, but I still love them. <laughs> I still love the movie. Well, we'll have to change that. <laughs> we'll see. We'll you know, see. I might, I might just stay up to help uh, push, push that agenda. 
<laughs> oh god. Um. So hi, I'm Elijah. I'm Elijah. Really tired, Thomas. Um. It's gonna be a long weekend. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Um, you can find me. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on uh, YouTube at ET13 Productions, on Twitter at ET13 Productions, on Instagram at ET13 Productions, or my personal Twitter where I complain about everything that I want to, or talk about YouTube or something like that. Uh, at E Thomas nineteen seventy five. Um. So yeah, check those out if you like. And uh, a huge thank you guys for listening to this episode. Um, just as a reminder, we have been review bombed recently uh, with a ton of one star reviews on Apple Podcasts. So I know this one's you know, not not a plus plus material. Uh. But I we appreciate you guys sticking around uh, all the same. And if you could leave us a five-star review, just say, yeah, Rex is a really cool guy. You know, that E.T.'s kind of weird, um, but he's cool. <laughs> uh, you know, just uh, bumping us up, uh, getting us past that, like, 3.3 average, something like that. I We would really appreciate that. Um, now, I know not everybody has an Apple device, which I don't blame you. I don't. Um, you can tweet us and follow us on Twitter at K-A-I-J-U underscore C-O-N-B-E-R-S. If you don't have Twitter, you can uh, follow us and message us uh, on Instagram at Kaiju Conversation. Or you can like us on Facebook and send us a message through that. Or if you're like me before podcasting and don't have social media, which good for you, I'm uh, really jealous. <laughs> um, you can email us at kaijuconversation at gmail dot com, all lowercase, all one word. You know the drill. Uh, we'll, we'll read your reviews out. We actually have one, but I'm going to hold off for next week's episode to read it on air. Uh, so, and that's just to show our appreciation for. Uh, giving us a five-star review. Um, we have a uh, Teespring, uh, not Teespring, uh, we have a, a merchandise store um, that right now has t-shirts, uh, you know, a, a ton of apparel stuff with our logo, and then in the future it should have some sort of original artwork. I'm still working on uh, those details. Uh, that'll eventually happen. Or I'll just stop saying it, and uh, <laughs> it'll just fade into obscurity, and we'll all forget about it. Um, and if you're interested in listening to our older episodes um, another way, or listening to fun little shorts, check out our YouTube channel, Kaiju Conversation, and hit the bell and uh, subscribe so you can be notified anytime we upload, because... Uh, we do do some bonus episodes on there, uh, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, if you like to talk to Rex and I more, and other people that relate to stuff you enjoy, uh, check out our Discord server. Um, as we speak, there's actually a conversation between five lovely individuals um, that's just really, really fun and really good. Hmm. Um 
And, you know, uh, we got a lot of good people here, a lot of knowledgeable people that know what they're talking about, that this is a ton of fun. Um, So, yeah, it's a a great place. And honestly, I, I, I do think it is a really enjoyable place to be. Um, if I do say so myself. <laughs> um, sorry, this is completely unscripted because I don't have my uh, tablet that has everything I need to say on it. So I probably missed something. Uh, if I did say la vie, uh, it's very late and I'm very tired and uh, I want to go to bed. <laughs> so thank you Rex so much for joining me on this short little episode uh, I hope it no isn't problem. too much of a disaster to uh, edit but um, <laughs> you know it's a ton of fun and uh, I always have enjoyed uh, chatting with you so with that I think we're going to sign out here uh, right. thank you guys so much for listening uh, thank you, Rex. And please, everybody, remember, life's too short to not talk big. Bye, guys. Bye.